Section 4 of A Scientific and Practical Treatise on American Football for Schools and Colleges by Henry L. Williams and Almost Alonzo Stagg. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 4. The Guard. The main work of the guards may be summed up as blocking, that is, guarding, making openings for the passage of the runner whenever certain signals are given, running behind the line to interfere for the man with the ball, running with the ball occasionally, breaking through the opposing line to interfere with the quarterback in passing the ball, and tackling the runner or stopping a kick. The guards in the center have the most laborious work on the eleven, if they do their duty, for they practically have no respite from hard work. They must bear the brunt of the heavy plunging of their opponents through the center, and at the same time struggle to break through the opposing line which is doing its utmost to prevent them. They must do this without a let-up just as long as the other side has the ball, and, moreover, in that part of the line which is most compact. Then, when their own side has the ball, they are expected to use their strength and wits from the moment the ball is put in play until it is again down, in blocking, making openings, and in interfering for the player who is attempting to run. Further, they have little time to catch their wind, for almost the first point which should be drummed into them by the captain or coach is to be always on hand the moment the ball is down, to make or prevent a quick play. It can be truly said that no team is well trained until the center part of the eleven, as indeed the whole team, is prompt on this point. While the guards have all this hard work, they seldom have a chance to distinguish themselves, either by a run, a clean tackle, or a fine interference which is apparent to the untrained eye of the spectator. On the other hand, it does not take much yielding at the center to bring forth the criticism that that part of the line is weak. On account of the nature of their work, the guards should be large and powerful, like the center. It is even more necessary that they should be quick, agile, and swift than the center, because the guards should always go through the line when the opponents have the ball. On their success in doing this largely depends the strength or weakness of the team's defense. The chief point in defensive play is to tackle the runner before he reaches the line, and the guards are large factors in doing this. Unless this is done, the ball can be steadily carried down the field when not lost by a fumble, for any team is able to gain five yards in three consecutive trials when the runner is allowed to reach the line each time before being tackled. Any means, therefore, which the guards can employ to interfere with the quarterback before he has passed the ball, or the runner before he has reached the line, should certainly be used. All the strategy and tricks known in wrestling which can be applied to the situation should be eagerly sought and practiced. The great point to remember is to apply the power quickly and hard, to summon all the strength for the initial effort, and to work desperately until free from interference. Only by doing this can the guards hope to break through and secure the quarterback or runner behind the line. Slow pushing, however powerful, will accomplish little. If held in check until the runner and the pusher strike the line, it is only a question of how many yards the runner will gain before the mass breaks and falls forward. In applying his power, the guard, as well as his companion rushers, has an immense advantage in being permitted to use his hands and arms freely in getting his opponent out of the way. This enables him to put into practice all the skill he possesses in handling an opponent who is allowed to block only with the body. 
the guard also has another advantage in being free to move whenever he pleases, but he must remember that the opening for the runner may be made on either side of him, and be careful not to give his opponent help in making it. It assists the guard greatly in breaking through if the tackle draws out the opposing line as much as is wise in a good defense. This separation should be wide enough to allow the players in defense to break through easily without interfering with each other. It is also usually helpful in breaking through to be restless, but cautious at the same time, in order not to give the opponent an advantage. The guards and the tackles especially should watch for signs which shall indicate what the play will be, and then go through the line as low as possible for a tackle. They should break through to the right or left of their opponents as seems best at the moment. In order to break through quickly, they must have their eyes on the ball when it is snapped, and spring forward the instant it is put in play. Quick glances may be cast at the opponents while still constantly watching the ball. The guards, with the center, are usually called upon to meet the heavy charges in the opening plays from the center of the field. These, as a rule, come in the form of wedges. Two points should be carefully regarded by these center men in attacking a wedge. First, to approach the wedge with the body bent in a position for greatest power and for meeting the wedge low down. Second, to focus on the mass in such a way that it cannot break through between them without being separated, and so giving the guards a chance to tackle the runner. In doing this, it should be the aim to focus as nearly as possible upon the point of the wedge, in order to check its advance and throw the forwards back on the runner. The runner will then be forced to come out, if he has not already become entangled in the mass. In making the attack, the guards and center should run with dash and determination, at the same time watching closely for the runner and trying hard to tackle him. Two successful ways of attacking a wedge have been originated. One member of the center trio will sometimes jump over the heads of the forwards and try to fall on the runner and thus secure him, or he will hurl himself headlong at the feet of the oncoming wedge and cause it to trip over him. To make either one of these attacks well, the player must be perfectly fearless and should also use good judgment. In the former case, the player must time his jump and not land short of the runner, or he will be pushed quickly to the ground or carried along on the heads of the forwards. Neither must he jump so far over that he will miss his man. If he throws himself in front of the wedge, he should not do it too soon, lest the wedge will be able to avoid or step over him. When a wedge is formed in the line on a scrimmage, the guards and center must be sure to get low, or they will be carried along before it. The point of the wedge must be held in check. In resisting the attack of a revolving wedge, the guard should separate slightly from the center and join with the tackle in trying to penetrate the mass to secure the runner. This should be done in such a way that the defense shall not be weakened. Care should also be taken by the side of the line away from which the wedge revolves, not to add impetus to it by pushing too far. The position of the guard varies slightly in defense and offense. In offense, the first thought must be to protect the quarterback until he has passed the ball, his next to block his man long enough to prevent him from reaching the runner. His third thought, which may also influence the way he stands while he attends to the former work, is to make the opening if the play is in his quarter. 
his forethought, which will be influenced by his first and second, is to get in his interference ahead of the runner when practicable, or follow him as closely as possible and do what he can to assist. In fulfilling all these duties, he will be limited in his freedom of movement. He cannot stand too far from the center rusher, and he may be compelled to stand shoulder to shoulder with him. Furthermore, he will have to assume a position which best enables him to carry out his duties. It may be well for him to stand with both feet on a line, or it may be better to have one or the other foot behind, according to his purpose. It is nearly always better for him to bend forward, or even to get down very low if his opponent tries to get under him. The bent-over position is better for meeting attacks, because the weight is well forward and low down, and the body is better braced and not so much exposed to effective handling. In this position, also, one can move forward better for making an opening. In blocking, the legs should usually be spread widely apart. They should not be spread so much, however, that the guard will not be able to move quickly whenever his opponent shifts his position. In blocking, as in breaking through the line, the guard should try hard to get his power into action before his opponent. This can be best done by a shoulder check. The general position of the guard must be determined by the play in hand and the way the opponent stands. He may be forced to move out a little because his opponent does so, but he must be careful that the opening between him and the center is not occupied by the quarterback or some other free player, in which case the tackle will sometimes be obliged to step in and take the opposing guard. Neither the guard nor any other rusher except the center should ever take a fixed position in standing. On the defensive, much depends on strong blocking by the guards, for weak blocking is fatal at the center of the line. The quarterback, being so near to the guards, is in imminent danger in case of weak blocking, and he can little afford the loss of a fraction of a second in handling the ball, much less a fumble. Under these circumstances, if a fumble occurs, the quarterback must always fall on the ball and not run any risks of losing it. Furthermore, in weak blocking, the runner has little chance on a dash into the line, for in place of an opening, he finds an opponent. Block hard has come to be one of the axioms of the game. Blocking for a kick is treated fully in the chapter on team play. The guard has an advantage over the center in making an opening for the runner in only one particular, and that is that he is freer to move in his position. The center rusher is largely dependent on the position which his opponent takes in standing to help him out in this matter, since he cannot move his relative position from the opposing center more than the latter allows, but he can often influence that position to suit his own purpose. By clever generalship and strategy, he may be able to induce his opponent to do the very thing he needs to help him out in his play. Some of the ways of handling an opponent are given in the description of the duties of the center rusher. When the guard is going to run with the ball, he should take a position which will enable him to get away from his opponent quickly, but he should not make his intentions evident. For this reason it is better for the guard, as well as for the tackle, not to take a set position until the signal is given. But if one is taken, let it be such that it would not make it necessary to change in order to run with the ball. The one who is to run with the ball should seek in every way to conceal the purpose of the play. 
the guard is in the most difficult position from which to get under headway in order to run with the ball. As commonly played, the guard swings round the quarterback and dives into an opening between the tackle and guard on the other side of the center. The very beginning of his run is the most difficult part. He cannot run fast from his position, for he has only a step or two to make before he must turn sharply around the quarterback and run in almost an opposite direction. If he runs back too far, he will be tackled before he reaches the line, and if he turns in closely, he is likely to run against his own men as they are struggling with their opponents. It needs, therefore, careful judgment and a great deal of practice to be able to run well from this position. Long-legged guards, as a rule, find it easier to take a long step backward with the foot next to the center, and use that as a purchase from which to circle around the quarterback. Some guards prefer to take three or four short, quick steps in making the turn around the quarterback, anyway which will enable the guard to get under headway most quickly is the method which should be used. It will be easy for the quarterback to place the ball in the guard's hands, and it will probably be better for him to carry it under the arm away from the center. When the guard runs around to interfere, he should place himself so that he can get away quickly and not give the play away. If the guard is to run around in order to interfere by getting ahead of the runners, the quickest possible start is necessary. There must be no delay whatever, even when the guard is a fast runner, or else the runner with the ball will have to slow up so much that he cannot make the play. Whenever the guard runs around to interfere or to run with the ball, the tackle should keep the opposing guard from following him. The guard can sometimes do this himself by pushing his opponent back just as he starts, but it must be done in such a way that it will not delay him. End of section 4